Welcome to TW Now, where we examine today's news and events in light of the Bible. I'm Scott Winnale. Welcome back, too, to our regular viewers and listeners. Trick or treat. We all know the question, and we all know the time of year, when many children dress up in costumes and go door to door asking for candy. Many adults even dress up at work or at the office and then head off to parties. And many groups have Christianized the holiday, even though it has a very spiritually troublesome past. Do you know the origins of Halloween? And why does this even matter for Christians? Certainly those who call themselves Christians would never intentionally do something sinful. The question though is, should Christians celebrate Halloween? Today's returning guests will dive into this question and provide some biblical-based answers and historical answers to the question as well. I'd like to welcome back to the studio, Mr. Rod McNair. Mr. McNair is a Tomorrow's World presenter and a magazine writer. He's also a minister of religion. Mr. McNair knows the topic well today, and he's also written about it in articles entitled Festivals of Death and also Holidays or Horror Days. So again, it's great to have you back on the program today. Thanks, good to be here. I'd like to also welcome Mr. Adam West back to the program. Good to see you, Mr. West. Mr. West is a pastor, he's a Tomorrow's World writer, and he knows the Bible well. He's also very familiar with the so-called Christian arguments in favor of Halloween, and we'll bring him back in just a moment. You should know that Mr. West will be joining us via Skype from upstate New York. <clears throat> For you, our audience, if you have any questions as we carry out our discussion today, we invite you to please feel free to message us. We'll do our best to address some of your questions. Also, we encourage you to subscribe, like, and share today's program. Well, Mr. McNair, let's go ahead and start with you. <clears throat> As we start this topic, Halloween is a celebration that is, it's celebrated in many places all around the world. It's very much celebrated here in the U.S. and very much commercialized. As you've studied the topic, which I know you have, can you think of any, are there any statistics, is there any data that jumps out at you as particularly poignant or surprising about Halloween? Yeah, it is interesting that um, we know that Christmas is a big commercial time of the year in this country, in America. Halloween is right up there with it. I think uh, the statistics are that it is the second biggest commercial season of the year. Uh, about nine billion dollars spent on Halloween every year in, in the last in the US. Of years. In the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's um, it, there, there are a, a lot of different parts of it, not just the tradition, but certainly the, the economy, the, the candy sales, the costumes. Uh, it's a big business. Mm -hmm. Mr. West, good to have you back with us. Yes. And, and welcome, by the way. Thank you. Do you have anything to add to Mr. McNair's comments, sort of about the commercialization or statistics related to Halloween? Well, he mentioned costumes and and actually it's the adult costumes that uh, lead with the highest dollar amount purchased, $1.6 billion per year. Uh, second to that is uh, children's costumes at 1.2 billion. And uh, a growing uh, trend is even pet costumes. Uh, with uh, about 16% uh, of pet owners purchasing a costume for their pet. 
And so, you know, to make up $9 billion in America just off the sale of merchandise around this time of year, uh, I've noticed even on my street um, uh, this week, uh, they have these lights in the front, and it's it's uh, spinning spiders and skulls and different things on the house uh, uh, all day long. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting more and more elaborate with uh, all the different uh, accoutrements that go along with Halloween. It's interesting in the UK, uh, even trick-or-treating wasn't really part of their culture until uh, 1980. And so Halloween's very, very, uh, a relatively new uh, type of uh, thing as far as being commercialized and something that's, that's widespread. Mm. Mr. McNair, I was going to ask you, you were commenting earlier, can you give us some uh, insights into some of the, ha- the costume sales that we've seen, types of costumes you were commenting on earlier? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier that it's just fascinating that the children's costumes, like the top five children's costumes that are popular, uh, you know, are superhero costumes, princess costumes, you know, Batman, whatever. Um, But interestingly, when you look at the top five costumes being bought for adults, you've got all the creepy ones, you know, the vampires and uh, you know, and Dracula, and and witches, and and zombies, and, zombies. and you think, wow, you know, the, the the parents, the adults, are certainly not leading the way in a positive way here, but actually going, you know, setting it just a very strange and very creepy example for children. Mm-hmm. I'll just comment real quickly. We want to eventually begin talking about, in the next few minutes, is it okay for Christians to celebrate Halloween? Uh, you just mentioned, though, costumes, and it, it brings me back, Mr. West, if, if we could begin to delve in just a little bit. What is some of the history of Halloween? Where does it come from? Because it's, it seems on the surface like this is sort of an innocuous holiday. It's, it's, it's just commercial, and it's fun, and people dress up, and people have parties, and pe- the kids <clears throat> get candy, and even the dogs get bones that people will hand out to them when trick-or-treating happens. Let's talk about some of the history, though. Well, I think you can you can go back and and uh, really it doesn't take much to to look into this, especially uh, even with the Encyclopedia Britannica uh, and uh, and other sources like that. But it really goes back to uh, Northern and Western Europe and the Celtic Celtic people. Uh, it was uh, the Celtic people that uh, through their Druidism they worshipped uh, a variety of of gods, but they worship nature, um, and uh, and that whole system was solar, and so it was um, primarily uh, driven around the sun's progress. So equinoxes and and solstices, and uh, and so they uh, they would worship Beltane uh, May first, and then. Uh, they would also worship uh, Samhain, and some people may have seen that word. It's actually written Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain, and that's an Irish Gaelic term, and uh, that that in Gaelic means summer's end, and so that designated both the time of the year and the the name of their Lord of Death, and so the Druids observed Samhain, which 
is really what has come down to our time as Halloween uh, with many practices that are still practiced today, uh, uh, especially with lighting of these massive bonfires and, and telling of stories, uh, different mysterious things and kind of like ghost stories. But all these traditions have come down really from uh, the Celts and, and the Druids. And so when you're talking about Celts, and druids, you're actually taking us back a couple of thousand years in time to the time when they began practicing over in the UK, what's now the UK and Ireland. Absolutely. And some of our, some of our viewers may have, have been to Stonehenge. Mm. And uh, that's, a, that's a site of the ancient druids. And uh, they have these, these big stone pillars, but they also have uh, like these Dolomon-type uh, mounds, uh, burial mounds. And so every year they have Wiccans and uh, different witches and different people uh, proclaiming, uh, you know, that's what they proclaim uh, as their religion. They go there uh, on the solstices and the equinoxes and they have uh, their festivities. And they still do that to this day. And in fact, we are talking today on October 31st. And as we speak, literally, they are out there at Stonehenge doing their thing tonight, which is just interesting to think about. Mr. McNair, what do you have to add with the history here? <clears throat> yeah, um, it's really fascinating because, as Mr. West mentioned, this goes back a long ways and maybe even longer than some, a lot of people realize. Mm. There is a story in the Bible, not just a story, a relation of, of history of the, uh, the flood of Noah. And when you look at the timing of the flood, it happened uh, around the 17th day of the second month. It speaks of that in Genesis chapter 6. And when you look at the timing and the civil calendar of the Jewish uh, reckoning of time, that puts you right around late October and early November. And there are some very reputable historians, as Mr. West and, and we were talking about just before we started, who, who connect the death of, of, of a vast number of people, wicked people on earth through the flood, with eventually the memorializing of that time of the Day of the Dead. And why do we have uh, November 1st? Why do we have October 31st as being significant times of the year? It's just a very interesting coincidence mm -hmm. that that appears to be the time when a lot of wicked people died mm -hmm. and because of God's wrath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a book written in 1904. Uh, it was written by Colonel Jean Garnier and it's titled The Worship of the Dead. And he describes that very thing. Now, uh, there are these numerous flood um, uh, epics that happen across various cultures, but spread out uh, by vast distances. But the same type of, of worship uh, is seen among these uh, disparate cultures. Uh, and uh, for example, the Assyrian Epic of Gilgamesh is one of them. Uh, later on, there's the Akkadian Epic of uh, uh, Atrahasis. And so, but he, he brings out this connection uh, that Mr. McNair was, was uh, referring to. 
And he, um, he says uh, in this particular book on pages four and five, he says, quote, the festival of the dead or feast of ancestors is now or was formally observed at or near the beginning of November. Uh, wherever the Roman Catholic Church exists, solemn mass for all souls is said on the 2nd of November. And on that day, uh, he, he talks about the Parisians exchanging the boulevard for the cemetery, lunch at the graves of their relatives, and hold unconsciously their feast of ancestors on the very same day that savages in far distant quarters of the globe observe in a similar manner their festival of the dead. End of quote. So just an interesting, interesting connection. And it's interesting that he mentions lunch at the graves. Uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some of the biblical uh, references and, and uh, understandings here in a little bit, but uh, Isaiah 65 speaks directly to those who spend all night in, in the tombs, in the graves. And so these things are not new. These aren't, these aren't uh, uh, new traditions, and, and uh, those who take part in Halloween, they, they go back uh, a long, long way. And even though the type uh, of you know how they uh, observe these days has changed. Really, uh, the it's just a modification, really, of, mm. of these ancient uh, traditions. You know, that's just one a point I wanted to jump on there. With for many people in the, in the U.S. who are familiar with jack o' lanterns and with trick or treating and with um, you know costumes, costumes, that sort of thing. Uh, what Mr. West is talking about, in many countries around the world, Halloween is not trick-or-treating and costumes and, and jack-o'-lanterns. It is going to the graves, the cemeteries, having a picnic, and, and spending all night, as he mentioned, mm -hmm. with the, at the graves of your ancestors, the Day of the Dead. And there are uh, numerous uh, uh, you know, traditions surrounding that. So we think of Halloween one way, but the exact same time observed specifically uh, around the cemeteries mm -hmm. in many parts of the world. Mr. McNeil, you were <clears throat> mentioning earlier, I think you've done some research in the Catholic, on the Catholic Church. I wonder if you could bring up a little bit of how the Catholic Church sort of has brought in Halloween uh, over the centuries. Yeah, there's an interesting, uh, you know, when we, when we look at what, what happened in the, uh, let's say the you know centuries after christ was uh, uh, founded the church that there the policy of the roman catholic church was to to not necessarily in pagan areas to overthrow what they were doing but to absorb them and to to uh, sort of try to slowly christianize them and that's the way it was explained mm -hmm. well what in Actual, actuality happened was they absorbed the traditions. For example, uh, here is an article just describing the uh, history of Halloween from history.com. And it says on the opening page, in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Interesting. Why did he designate November 1st as a time to honor all saints? We've been talking about that was a time that the Celts and the Druids were doing these things that we've been discussing. Soon, All Saints Day 
incorporated some of the traditions of Sewain. Interesting. Okay, so uh, how did that happen? Why did they do it? Were they wanting to really sort of be politically uh, correct and appeasing to new members, new converts, gain influence in areas they were going as opposed to teaching the truth of the Bible? That's, that's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Anything to add, Mr. West, to that before I move on? No, I think he's covered it well. Okay, well then let me ask you a specific question. As you think about jack-o'-lanterns and you think about trick-or-treating and, and you think about uh, people dressing up, particularly to represent uh, e evil and wicked spirits, can, can you give us any history? Do you remember any history about how those things may connect with sort of the pagan background of Halloween? And Mr. McNair, feel free to jump in as well. Yes, well, there's, uh, the thought is that uh, spirits or, or those that are deceased would have, uh, uh, in, in some narratives, they say they would have entered into the bodies of animals, uh, or uh, that there are uh, uh, wicked spirits even that are, that are around at that time and uh, that, uh, that they, were, they were dressing uh, like these things to, uh, to ultimately to uh, uh, get, uh, oh, I try to think, uh, put the thought together, uh, to, um, to sort of ward them off or? To ward them off, that's right. That's what I was trying to 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 ward them off to almost be uh, to be scary to them uh, so that uh, so that they they wouldn't uh, come around but it was thought that 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 Halloween night uh, well uh, that that basic time of, of year uh, October 31st November 1st but that that was that was the time when when the deceased would have uh, there would be much more activity you might say in the spirit world and that even uh, if you look at the ancient day of the dead uh, uh, narratives from say like uh, Mexico uh, they talk about the little angelitos coming back and all these things uh, and it's it's uh, it they they dress like that to to ward off the evil ones but to to uh, to have contact with ancestors it's mm -hmm. it's a it's a form of ancestor worship really mm -hmm. mr mcnair anything yeah it, you know it's it's uh, as opposed to using scripture as opposed to dealing with the the evil world the spirit world from god's point of view it's a confused mix of appeasing the spirits being afraid of the spirits and yet somehow thinking that you can fool the spirits with a mask or something mm -hmm. like this, which is ridiculous, but also a superstition of, of your ancestors mm -hmm. coming back to life. And as he mentioned, that this, that, that time of year somehow is the time when the, the living and the dead are in the closest proximity. Mm -hmm. It really is just layers upon layers of, of uh, superstition mm -hmm. as opposed to there's so much that we learn from the Bible about about how to deal with the the spirit world 
it amazes me. I, I think about sending kids out trick or treating, and dressed up as ghouls. And, and I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, they're dressing up as princesses and less innocuous things, or more innocuous things today. But dressing up as these ghouls to represent these evil spirits, um, and then being placated with these treats as they would have done thousands of years ago with the evil spirits. It's just sort of reenacting right. that process. It really is amazing what we go through today. Right. Go ahead, Mr. I think West. Funda fundamentally, I think it's a misunderstanding of the nature of death. Mm. Uh, scripture is very clear about the, the, the nature of death, what happens when we die. Uh, and, you know, Ecclesiastes 9.5 says that the dead know nothing. The dead know nothing. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave. And, and yet, uh, you know, they, they think that there, there is some way to talk uh, with or to uh, uh, have some kind of connection with the dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time of year, for uh, you know, for occultists too, uh, seances and all these different things, they're trying to contact the dead, but they don't know what they're playing with. Uh, it's, it's certainly not a game, uh, but it is a misunderstanding of death. Um, you know, even in John chapter eleven, when Jesus was talking about Lazarus, uh, he said. Uh, you know, Lazarus sleeps, and I'm going that I'll wake him up. And uh, his disciples didn't understand what that what that meant. And then finally, in verse 14, he says, Lazarus is dead. And so death is likened to a sleep. It's a thoughtless sleep. And, um, and so if we, you know, just understanding that basic concept, the whole premise of Halloween and, and all that has come before in the lead-up to it, uh, is a fundamental fallacy about the nature of death. Mm. Interesting thoughts. Yeah. Let me, you, you're, you're getting to the scripture now. Let me ask a question related to the question that the program is asking. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? Should Christians keep Halloween? And I guess the bigger question <clears throat> related, Mr. McNair, we can start with you, is what does the Bible have to say about this? And let's, let's talk about the Bible and, and God's word and God's perspective on these things and, and how God might view it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's interesting. As we were talking about before, more and more uh, mainstream Christians are trying to weave in Jesus, weave in God, weave in symbols of Christianity, mainstream Christianity, into Halloween. And it has no place in Halloween at all. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12 and verse 29 and through 31 is a fundamental scripture when, when talking about and understanding how are we supposed to worship God? Is there any mixing of pagan traditions and the worship of God at all? And the answer is absolutely no. He said to the children of Israel, uh, do not, when you go into the land, do not inquire after their gods, saying, how did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. And we can see how the Israelites were punished over and over again for falling into the worship of the nations around them. And we're just simply doing exactly the same thing. 
It, it, it jumps out at me when you say that, because you, you think about the Druids that Mr. West was talking about, ancient Druids and how they practiced on this day. Mr. West also mentioned occultists. Wiccans do the same thing. This is a high holy day for witches. And they're all practicing in the same ways. And the Halloween practices in society around us are, are doing exactly that, especially right. when they're Christianizing Halloween, when people are doing that. Mr. West, what do you have to add scripturally? I, I think just to make a point, too, that uh, years ago I read a, an article, and they were, uh, I think it was a Baptist church, and they were, they were going to Christianize Halloween, make it just a little more uh, acceptable, and they were calling it Jesus-ween, and they were handing out Bibles instead of candy. And, you know, that is, that is just uh, so far-fetched. Uh, when you look at, uh, you know, I, I have to ask, you know, does Halloween pass the Christian litmus test? You know, we can, we're to be growing in discernment, you knowing the difference between right and wrong and good from evil. And when you look at, uh, say, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, uh, that verse says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, so Halloween fails in that area. It is based on fallacy and ancient pagan thought. Uh, it is not true. It does not square with the Bible. Whatever things are noble, you know, uh, certainly not that. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, uh, you can look at you can look at the the Halloween. Uh, practices today, and and it is not pure. It's filled with corruption. It's filled with grotesque things. Uh, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, uh, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so a Christian cannot have his mind or her, her mind on these kinds of grotesque, unclean, and evil things and, and still feel that they are following a godly path of thought. And the Christian's supposed to bring every thought under subjection to the obedience of Christ. And so we're to align our thoughts with God. And, and this goes, I think, uh, quite opposite, and it doesn't pass the litmus test. Absolutely. There's another scripture that comes to mind in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, in verse 8, uh, Paul writes, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. What does that mean? Uh, the people that he was talking to were once involved in uh, corrupt practices, pagan practices. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Isn't it interesting that this whole season is all about darkness, and it's all about wickedness, and it's all about having fun, and you'll even, you know, read some, some people who will talk about, you know, have fun with it. Just have fun with the spookiness. And you think, wait a minute, as Mr. West was mentioning, that's not really what scripture says mm -hmm. we don't have fun with spookiness we we don't walk in darkness we we stay away from darkness and rather walk in light mm. yeah 
I think to add to that, um, Romans 13 and verse 12 uh, tells us the night is far spent. The day is at hand. We have to think about where we're at. And when we think about it prophetically, where are we at? Uh, Christ is going to return, and he's going to come back to this earth and establish a kingdom. It says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. And so these are things that we should be casting away from us. Uh, James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 tells us to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. So, you know, are we resisting the devil when we take part in these kinds of uh, pagan practices. Uh, it's a rhetorical question. Well, speaking of the devil, and uh, to put the cliche aside, literally speaking of the devil, Mr. West, this is a question actually that came in from one of our viewers. Do you think Satan has a role in Halloween? Do you think his, he's got an agenda with Halloween or any impact or influence on it? Any connection to it? Well, Revelation twelve nine says that Satan has deceived the whole world. And he's deceived them through false Christianity, but he's also deceived them just in, in false knowledge right from the beginning. And man started worshiping uh, their concept of God in whatever way they chose. And that has followed down right to our day. And so once it's kind of like, uh, you know, once you get the ball rolling, it's going down a hill. I don't think he has to do much for it to continue. These things are perpetuated through tradition, through families, just like with Christmas. And many will make the argument that this is great for families. This is our family time. Well, there are many other times in the year that could be for family. Why does it have to be that day? Uh, you know, does Halloween have to be one of those times where we just take the kids out and this is very special, they get to do things they don't get to do the rest of the year? Well, we have to begin thinking a little more discerningly about what it is that we're taking part in and what we're uh, saying, yes, this has my stamp of approval. Uh, we have to make sure it has God's stamp of approval. Mm. I like what he <clears throat> said there, we have to be discerning. We have to think, what is this teaching my children? What are they taking away with this? You know, after the season's over, what have they learned about God's way? And what have they learned about the evil spirits that are real? You know, uh, another scripture, Paul talks about how we, in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, we really do wrestle with evil spirits. We wrestle with uh, a, a devil who's real who's trying to uh, turn us away from God. And uh, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he lists the armor of God. You know, having your uh, waist girded with truth. What is the truth, as Mr. West mentioned? Uh, having the breastplate of righteousness. What do, what do children learn about righteousness from this season, if anything, you know, as they walk away from Halloween? Um, having the shield of faith. What, well, what, how does putting on a costume of a ghoul or a zombie teach you about having faith when combating a real devil in the world? And uh, so there's so much that they are, as, as he said, they're just perpetuating superstition as opposed to understanding the real evil world and knowing how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the point, too, is 
you know, sometimes they're, the children are not always dressed up in the ghoulish things. Sometimes more True. the adults that are doing that. And yeah. Captain America's shield is not a shield of faith, <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> but right. it is a shield. Yeah. But does that make it any more right? Right. Yeah. If you don't have something ghoulish, does it make it any more right? No, we're looking at this in a holistic way. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians chapter six and verse seventeen tells us, uh, "Therefore, come out from among them and be separate," says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Now, any, I think, right-thinking person would say, "Do we want God to receive us?" Yes, absolutely. Then what do we need to do? We need to come out from among them and be separate. We, we, we want to shed the works of darkness. We want to cast those things off, and we want to seek the truth. I think that what he just made is an excellent point, that when it comes to how do we look at the world, and how do we look at our role and our place in the world, a huge topic is about being separate. And, and what God expects of us. Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Uh, he says, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and receive of her plagues. He's talking about the world's mm -hmm. system. And God expects His people to not be a part of it and be separate. Mm -hmm. another, another passage uh, is 3 John uh, verse 11 says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God, but he who, do, who does evil has not seen God. And so we want to be acquainted with God. We want to have a relationship with Him. That's, that's the, the message, ultimately the Bible, certainly the New Testament, as we enter into a covenant relationship with God. And that, that being separate, as Mr. McNair said, we, 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 that, that touches so many different areas of our life. Uh, the, the worldly you know, holidays are just one aspect of that. Mm -hmm. But God, God gives us uh, good things, good things to pursue. And uh, He's given us uh, holy days, ultimately, uh, that... You know, these days like Halloween and, and Christmas and Easter, they are ultimately just a counterfeit of the days that God has given uh, for our good. And so we're told to Im imitate what's good, to go after that. Okay, gentlemen, you have shared some, I think, powerful scriptures and scriptural principles that, that really give one some pause as we think about should a Christian celebrate Halloween. As we conclude, Mr. McNair, we'll start with you. What, what is a takeaway that you have from the program today? What's a thought, an idea, that, or principle you'd like to leave the audience with? I think that if anyone is watching today and is thinking, okay, I'm a Christian, um, but, you know, these things are fun. They're harmless, as Mr. West mentioned. Maybe my kids don't wear, you know, vampire costumes. Maybe they're Captain America. He's, he's a hero. How can that be bad? I think the takeaway is, as he mentioned, be discerning and understand, does my life, does every part of my life match up with God? You know, walking with God means that we live by every word of God. That we, as Mr. West mentioned, we bring every thought into captivity 
of, of God and Jesus Christ. And so the thought is that let's, let's look at what we do, let's analyze everything we do, and let's match it up with Scripture. And if it doesn't match it up, match up, let's let go of it and let's grab on to what God says. Mm. Thank you. Mr. West. Absolutely. And I, I think, again, just, just taking that approach, looking at the Bible and using that, you know, as a litmus test in our lives to see where, where, it, where it agrees and where certain things may not agree. No one is condemning anyone. Uh, that's we're here to love, not judge in that way. But we do have certain principles, and we have God's word to examine behaviors, to examine traditions, to examine origins. And when we examine those things, if it does not line up, and certainly with Halloween, it's it's not about you know certain we'd say godly themes like peace like freedom from sin, like salvation. It, it doesn't line up with those things. It's more focused on things like fear, uh, wicked things, mm -hmm. evil things, the grotesque things. Mm -hmm. If we can make that simple discernment, check it against the, the Word of God, and then have the courage, have the faith to step forward and be willing to come out and be separate. That's what it takes, and to walk in truth. We don't want to walk in, in deception, uh, because in doing that, we're walking uh, the path that Satan the devil has uh, lined out for humanity now for nearly 6,000 years. Mm. Thank you, Mr. West. Thanks for your comments. Thank you for being on the program again today. Glad to be. Mr. McNair, same. It's good to have you back in the studio, and thanks for your insights today. Thank you. You know, Halloween, on Halloween, people dress up in costume oftentimes, as we've talked about, frequently in the form of witches and zombies, skeletons, other unchristian or pagan figures. It takes place on All Hallows' Eve, in the beginning of the annual pagan Wiccan festival of Sowen. Most calling themselves Christian and celebrating Halloween, as we've talked about, absolutely do not intend to offend God and engage in paganism. However, as we've also discussed, Christians must ask themselves if God would be pleased with us for engaging in ancient practices at the very same time and in the very same way witches and pagans are practicing them and have been for thousands of years, even on the same date, one of their most important holy days. Revelation 18, as Mr. McNair pointed out, says, come out of her lest you be partakers in her sin. And God wants His true believers to worship Him in the way He directs us to and avoid worshiping Him as the pagans worship or worshipped their gods. He wants us to shun and avoid evil. If you would like more information on Halloween and how God views it, we encourage you to read our article, Holy Days or Horror Days. It's available for download or reading at tomorrowsworld.org. Again, go to tomorrowsworld.org, type in holidays or horror days, and you'll find the article there. We also invite you to join us again next week on TW Now when we'll give you an update on and further discuss Brexit, a continent-changing action that was 
supposed to take place actually this evening, but that was postponed yet again. You won't want to miss our discussion next week. We also invite you to like, share, or subscribe to today's program. And just a reminder, you can listen to us as a podcast by searching TW Now on your favorite podcast app. Again, it was great talking to you today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on TW Now.